So we're going to start the New Testament tonight. We've uh, we've seen from the books of the Old Testament some some wonderful things, and I just want to say as a first off note that the the Bible, this whole book, um, it's sixty six books that have a cohesive message. They have a um, a message that is in unity. Each book agrees, um, and the books of the Bible, they're a library. So this one book is a library of books, 66 books, many different authors, and they all speak the same message. When we looked at the Old Testament, I'm sure you will know and you'll realise that the Old Testament ends unfinished. I mean, if you just had the Old Testament, there are promises that don't come to fruition. There are prophecies that are unfulfilled. There are ceremonies and laws that have no explanation. Um, and there are passages and texts that just don't make sense. Um, I want to read uh, a passage to you. Let's have a quick look at uh, Acts chapter 8, just as a brief example. Acts chapter 8, uh, it's a story I'm sure we all know. It's Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, and Philip approaches his chariot. And verse 30, Philip running up heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Dost thou then know what thou art reading of? And he said, How should I then be able, lest someone guide me? And Philip came to him, sat with him. And the passage of scripture which he read was, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is dumb before the presence of um, him that shears him. Thus he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was being taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered, the eunuch answering Philip said, I pray thee concerning whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other? Now, I wonder if, uh, if the Ethiopian eunuch had been approached by one of the Pharisees, and he asked the same question to one of the Pharisees. Um, Hey, uh, excuse me, Mr. Pharisee, does the prophet say this of himself or of some other? Um, I'm not sure what the Pharisee might have said. Um, if somebody asked of Psalm 22, what is David speaking about in Psalm 22? If you ask that of some Jewish leader, someone who doesn't accept or know of um, the Lord Jesus, what would they say? There are passages that are just, you can't explain unless um, the New Testament is there. So I just want to make that point that the Old Testament ends unfinished. Um, the, the New Testament brings to light so much that is started in the old, prophesied in the old, spoken about in the old, and we have understanding of it in the New Testament. So um, there are, in the New Testament, there are 300 direct quotations from the Old Testament. Um, if you want to know 
where those are. I've got a list of them. Now, they're direct quotations. If you take indirect quotations, it's about 850 indirect quotations from the Old Testament in the New. So that's quotations and allusions to the Old Testament in the New Testament. Um, so there's a lot of the Old Testament in the New Testament. Um, there are eight different writers in the New Testament. Um, there's 27 books. Sure, we, we all know this. And the, the writers who wrote the New Testament actually wrote them quite recently after the Lord's ascension. So if the Lord died, say, in AD 30 as a round figure, um, the New Testament books were written from about AD 50 to about AD 90, um, just as round figures. Um, now, that's an incredibly short time after. It's, it's sort of like 20 years or less than 20 years um, after the Lord ascended that the first books of the New Testament were written. Um, so the New Testament introduces the central person of Scripture, of whom the Scriptures talk. In Luke 24, the Lord Jesus spoke with the disciples going to Emmaus and he turned to the Old Testament and showed them all the scriptures that speak of himself, and they were of the law, the prophets, the Psalms. The books of the Old Testament speak about him, and the New Testament introduces him in person. Um, so God wasn't revealed in his fullness in the Old Testament. He wasn't known in his fullness, but in the New Testament, we know him in his triune character. We know the Father, we know the Son, we know the Holy Spirit. Um, we know something of his character that's revealed to us in the New Testament is light. It says God is light. And just using this example of the character of God, um, just like with the light that we experience um, naturally, shine the torch of the light of God on the Old Testament and everything comes, becomes clear. Um, use the light of the revelation of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and things become clear. In God's light, we see everything correctly. Um, the world has an, a skewed vision of things, but in the knowledge of Christ, in the knowledge of the true God, in the knowledge of what the New Testament has revealed of him, we can see things clearly. And that's, that's an amazing thing. So God reveals himself. The son of God comes into the world and he reveals the father. Now, this was a, a revelation unknown in the Old Testament. He reveals the father. And when he ascends, he sends the spirit of God. And the spirit of God leads the apostles into all truth and they're able to pen down the words of Scripture after the ascension of Christ and after the descent of the Holy Spirit, and they're able to give the full counsel of God. There's actually a beautiful hymn that, um, so in him, it's hymn uh, 77, and I think it's verse 2 or 3. Yea, he has taught us the wonderful secrets, Father of glory, once hidden from man fully revealed now to us by his spirit, all thou desirest, eternity's plan. God's person, the person of Christ, the person of the Father, um, 
and by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the heart of God and the, the counsels of God have been revealed to us in the writing of the New Testament. I just want to read one more passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verse 9, according as it is written, things which eye has not seen, ear not heard, which have not come into man's heart, which God has prepared for them that love him. Verse 10, that God has revealed to us by his spirit. And the apostle goes on um, speaking about what God has revealed to us by his spirit. Now, things that couldn't enter into the heart of man, um, the really that condition was, um, well, it was our condition, but it was the condition of everyone in the Old Testament. They couldn't see it clearly, couldn't, couldn't be seen, hadn't been revealed, but by the Spirit of God, these things have been revealed to us. One more verse, um, Acts chapter 1 and verse 1. This is Luke writing to Theophilus. I composed the first discourse, O Theophilus, concerning all things which Jesus began to do and to teach. These two words, do and teach. Very simply, we could divide the New Testament into two things, two sections. Um, what the Lord has done and will do and what the Lord taught. Um, those two things cover the whole New Testament, just very broadly speaking. We get the person doing and we get the doctrine and the teaching. Um, and there's something very special about this because um, in other truths that we learn, um, for example, maths, um, just, you know, equations, whatever, whatever you learn in maths class, those things are, they're taught to us. Um, you could say they're like doctrine. But there's no, uh, there's no person that embodies those, those doctrines. There's no, there's no person that you can look to and say, look, they're um, obviously the, the principles of maths are in the universe, um, are in the world that we, we live in. But um, not like Christ embodied the doctrine that he taught. He was the embodiment of truth. And the truth of scripture is seen in a person, in the things that he did, the way that he lived, and the things that he said. Um, everything about him is truth. And doctrine um, comes back to his person. So we don't, we don't just know a doctrine, we know a person. Um, and that's extremely important. Um, we're not just here to study because we're, we're teaching a, a doctrine. No, there's a person that's introduced to us. It's the person of the Lord Jesus who embodies that doctrine. Now, if we focus down a bit more, those two sections um, that we said what he, what he did and what he's going to do and what he taught, um, we can break the New Testament into four sections. Um, the Gospels. Now, the Gospels are the, the history um, and revelation of the person of the Lord Jesus. Um, they're what he, um, what he did on earth when he lived his life on earth. And I group them differently to the Acts um, because they're not exactly history. I think we'd call Acts sort of the early history of the church. It's the, um, 
the foundation of the assembly um, and what was what was done by the Lord in the spreading of the gospel. Um, but the gospels, just like the word gospel, it means good news. It's like a herald of news and it speaks of the person of the Lord. So you've got the gospels, then you've got the book of Acts on its own, and then you've got the epistles, that's the third section. If we take them all together, they basically embody the truth um, that is taught by the Lord Jesus and by the Holy Spirit to the apostles for a believer, for any believer wanting to live a life that glorifies God. And they also um, refute errors that come in. And um, they, they highlight right things and the wrong things. So they refute the wrongs and um, show what's right. And then you've got the book of Revelation, which is a prophetical book um, that announces the coming judgment to all of Christ's enemies um, and the blessing to his people and um, the, the finishing up of his plan. So things that started in the book of Genesis um, are closed out in the book of Revelation. The New Testament completes the Bible. And I've got a few more notes, but I'm going to end there. Um, We've got the whole message of God here with nothing missing. He's given us his mind, his counsels, and he's given us a person that embodies all the truth that he teaches us. And it's so important for us to learn and to, um, to pay attention to what God has said.